You're listening to Just Means Less ACC Podcast with your hosts Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. This will be our second time recording this. We were a minute and 20 seconds in when my alarm to wake up from my nap today went off uh, and kicked me off the call. So, gotta love that. Um, so, quick synopsis of those minute and 20 minutes, or one minute and 20 seconds, was both Nick and I's team suck. Uh, everything sucks. Everything hurts. Um, did I miss anything, Nick? Uh, the bus that I said I wanted to hit me a minute and 20 seconds ago did not hit me yet. Ah, so, so um, if anyone knows, if anyone knows when the mega bus or the Greyhound or your regional transportation system bus will be arriving, take Nick, um, give him a chance to know so he can walk out in front. Um, but other than that, obviously we kid, um, well, I want. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and now we need to have a serious talk about mental health, everyone. All right, this podcast might <laughs> 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 be a great time to plug any sort of sponsor for like Headspace or something like that. But, yeah. anyways, um, you know, so I wanted to talk. Oh. Better Help's a good one too. <laughs> um, what else? There's the Calm app. I started using that recently. Um, and now the wind wants to pick up on my walk. Love this. Um, but anyways, we're looking at a college football state yesterday where things were a little crazy. Uh, and at the end of the day, it may have been a crazy day in college football. The ACC somehow has now more ranked teams than it did going into the weekend. <laughs> so that should summarize how the weekend went in a conference idea. Um, but... And, of course, now where I normally do this podcast where it's quiet, there are kids playing football. So now I'll have to try to find a new spot to do this recording. Nick, this shall be fun. Um, but we're, uh, we're in a spot right now in college football where a lot is going on. Obviously, you know, Alabama lost to Tennessee this weekend. Kansas, I think, unfortunately, is coming back to life. Or maybe not back to life. That's a weird way of putting it. Back to where they... Uh, were more expected to be. Um, they're not riding that high anymore that they were. Um, and it just feels like in college football, we have to reward teams for just winning football games at this point, which I think is why NC State is still ranked, because they've been competitive in every single game. They've had to do it without their starting quarterback as well um, in the last couple games. And so... I think it's a big deal that we, we just kind of address, like, how impressive it is that the ACC still has two undefeated teams who, of course, will meet this weekend, so we will have at least one undefeated team at the end of week eight. But, Nick, I guess we had four good games. Where do you want this conversation to go? Because we can just go up by the time slates. We can talk, you know, do we want to talk the elephant in the room that is Devin Leary being out for the season and what that means for your pack, and then obviously translate that over into what happened Saturday uh, night, afternoon, whatever time that game was at. Um, where, where, where do you want to, to go with this? Um, why don't we go ahead and just get Miami, Virginia Tech out of the way? Okay. Um, both teams aren't very good. No. <laughs> both, both teams are pretty meh. Um, 
I was shocked, Nick, uh, on your ACC power rankings, you put Virginia Tech last. Um, I don't like to defend the Hokies, but they shouldn't be last. Um, they have an ACC win to begin with. I was there in person to see it. Um, and they haven't been – they haven't looked terrible. I mean, the pit game, though they obviously defensively looked terrible, I mean, it was still within 15, 20 points. Virginia really hasn't been that competitive, I mean, minus the Syracuse game in conference so far. Um, I mean, I, I it's good for, for Miami to get back on track with that win. Um, I think, obviously, Miami is destined to go bowling. They're still a competitor in the Coastal. I mean, obviously, that loss to North Carolina is tough because that's a hard one to to rally behind, but they still have Pitt, and they still have Duke. Um, we'll get to North Carolina here in a minute, but, you know, they're not completely out of it, but I think what we saw Saturday, I don't think we should be considering Miami a, a true contender anymore. Like, they're they're a good enough football team to go bowling. They're probably a 7-5, and 8-4 and four team at best, but they're not an ACC Coastal contender. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would 100% agree. I mean, it's not like it was supposed to be a rebuild type of season for Miami because of all the hype with Mario Cristobal coming in. They were top 15 going into the season. Um, but now the, now we kind of see where they are. And you're right. They're like a 7-5 and five team at best. And they'll – They'll get a bowl game, and, you know, there's just too much ahead of them right now. Like, you, they already lost to UNC. Pitt looks good. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and then on the Virginia Tech side, someone tweeted it that was somewhat of a major account with Virginia Tech, and I fully agree. This doesn't look like a team that's being outcoached. It looks like a team that's just not good. Right. Like, all the good guys have left. I mean – I don't want to rub it in, Virginia Tech fans, but I want to rub it in. Virginia Tech beat Alabama this weekend. (laughs) Hendon Hooker and why am I drawing a blank on his name now, the receiver. Both Virginia Tech guys. Hooker was in the program. The receiver was committed, then decommitted in 2019. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? It's going to drive me nuts. But anyways, like what could have been for Virginia Tech is happening in Knoxville. Like that's a good point. Yep. So I think if you're a Virginia Tech fan, that's got to be the frustration. And and that's the one thing I will give Virginia Tech fans credit for. They don't seem to be taking it out on this team. And they're not calling for Brent Price head because they, they understand to a point that this is, this is a mess. Like Fuente left a mess. You know, Fuente wasn't a good coach to begin with. And, you know, guys left, and there were reasons for that. He wasn't a good evaluator of talent. Like, it wasn't like Fuente wasn't getting any good talent. The problem was he didn't have a good job, didn't do a good job of, A, appeasing that talent, but keeping it. If I'm heading hooker, you know your capability. Why do you want to sit behind Ryan Willis? <laughs> I mean, and what's crazy is, is I, I, I hate to be that guy, but... I think everyone that's praising Josh Heupel right now, like, has to kind of look at, like, 
maybe if you're going to praise Josh Heupel for what he's doing, you maybe have to give Fuente a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Because guess what Josh Heupel did? He didn't start handing Hooker either. <laughs> he went with Joe Milton to start. And then he realized, holy crap, Joe Milton actually is not very good in games. Let's go with this guy that can actually ball. I don't know, a guy named Hendon Hooker. <laughs> so, it's just strange. But I think if you're a Virginia Tech fan, I mean, if I'm the Hokies, I think your, your goal at this point, you, the only way you're going bowling is if you go 4-1 and one down the stretch. That stretch isn't impossible, but it still includes Duke. It includes a road game at Liberty, who struggled with Gardner-Webb, but is 6-1, and one, so we can't just, like, pretend like Virginia Tech is guaranteed a win at Liberty. And I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing a big game here. I mean, the at-NC State game looks way easier than it did, you know, two weeks ago. But still not ideal for a Thursday night sold out at Carter-Finley. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, if you're Virginia Tech, like, your best-case scenario is a bowl game at this point. Um, and I, I really think that your goal, like, if you have a realistic goal, it's just to beat Virginia on that last weekend because that would just solidify that when you have your worst season in arguably 25, 30 years and you're still able to beat that in-state rival of yours, I know as a Virginia fan, that will be demoralizing to me because what I – had hoped for on the Virginia Tech side of things with, like, I expected, like, I was surprised that people were kind of high on Virginia Tech going into the year. I was like, eh, this team's probably a six-win team at best with what they have in the cupboard. And the fact that's playing out exactly how I had hoped would have led us to believe, Nick, that Virginia should be better than Virginia Tech this year. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> there's a good chance that that game will solidify who finishes last in the Coastal. And it'll be detrimental to Virginia fans. And I'm not even one of the more fragile ones. <laughs> if, if we were to lose that game to Tech again and just let that streak in Blacksburg continue and to just kind of feel like Virginia Tech's at its worst and we still can't beat them. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. But that's really all I've got in that game. I mean, right now the Coastal... This might be a good segue. Well, I guess Pitt did not play this weekend, but North Carolina did, so we kind of skipped to the, one, the late game. But, I mean, it kind of feels like it's a North Carolina and Pitt race in the Coastal. And it's Clemson and, honestly, Syracuse in the Atlantic left. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not to disrespect Wake Forest, but that tie, I, I don't see Clemson losing twice. I mean, they just played their last ACC road game of the season. <laughs> So, Jeez. like, I don't know if you knew that, Nick, but they're done on the AC, the AC slate on the road is done. <laughs> so crazy already. So, you know, the only other remaining road game is at williams Bryce in South Carolina. No, not even there. They're at home, I think, for that game, I think. I think they're on the road at Notre Dame. Yeah, you're right. They might be at, they might be, they might be at South Carolina. They might be at, it might still be at South Carolina, because I think that, Oh, no, they are at home. Okay. I didn't know if they played during the COVID year or not, how that worked, if they just kind of skipped the year. Because I know yeah, this year, year. I know when Virginia's at home against Tech is when Clemson's at South Carolina. So, obviously, Virginia's in Blacksburg this year, but I was like, I don't know if that gets skipped or not. 
Yeah, so their their remaining schedule is uh, Syracuse at home. uh, Then they get a bye, and then they're at Notre Dame, and then they're at home the rest of the season with Louisville, Miami, and then South Carolina. Yeah, and I'm I'm still pretty sure that that Notre Dame – if, if it weren't for the fact that the game against Notre Dame is in South Bend, I would argue that the South Carolina game might be harder. <laughs> the South this Carolina race. game is harder. Not uh, South Carolina is not good. They, Notre Dame's not they good are, either, I but... I think South Carolina would win Notre Dame right now. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know about that one. But, oh my God! They just lost to Stanford. David David Shaw literally just saved his job for another. Yeah, game. but remember, Notre Dame also beat North Carolina. So like, I don't think South Carolina has the ability to beat a good team. Does that make And you know, if you try to say, "Oh, well, they beat Kentucky," yeah, without Will Levis. Will Levis plays that game. You don't win, South Carolina fans. You don't. <laughs> like, you're not that good. <laughs> so. That's my only argument there, like, and it's my argument for, like, anyone that's like, oh, well, Levis should not be a first-round pick, I obviously agree with you, but I can see the argument even more after how much, like, just look how much better Kentucky, I don't know if you watched any of it, Nick, but Kentucky looked a lot better this weekend with Will Levis in the lineup, and we might say, oh, well, he's still not that good, you're right, but the drop-off after him is bad, (laughs) so, you know, again, Either way, Clemson's schedule the rest of the way. Not very daunting at this point. Um, so it's one of those things where when you look at it from that front, like this is probably, you know, <laughs> is Wake Forest going to a New Year six? News at 11. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, that's all I got in this game, Nick. Anything you want to add or do we want to move? Because next game up is your pack or do we want to – do we want to stay on the coastal track real quick um, and then go the Atlantic route? Because so we had two coastal, two Atlantic games. Yeah, let's just go. Let's just finish off the coastal route. Okay. North Carolina, congrats on the win. You got, you got lucky. The refs gave North Carolina that game. That receiver stepped out of bounds, Nick. In what world is that not illegal touching on that touchdown? <laughs> I'm just... Like, like, I so I was listening to it driving back. I went to Middle Tennessee State and Western Kentucky. We'll do a quick recap on that just because MTSU, of course, beat Miami this year. And I just want to lay into Miami fans how poverty it is. They lost to MTSU. So I have to rant about MTSU real quick later on in the show. But I was driving back. I actually went to Tennessee Tech and Tennessee State because, for those of you who don't know, Tennessee State and HBCU, their head coach, the great, George, the Buckeye, the Tennessee Titan, so obviously wanted to be up close and personal to him. I thought that was kind of cool. It was on my way home. So I'm listening to the Duke game while I'm driving back. I'm actually passing through Knoxville as the, the Duke game is wrapping, wrapping up, so, you know, very fitting. Um, shout out to Tennessee fans who padded my wallet this weekend when I sold my Alabama tickets uh, and didn't decide not to go to that game, but... Um, like, the, the broadcasters for Duke, I had their broadcast call on, and they were originally like, oh, well, good job, North Carolina. And they showed the replay, and they're like, and then, then there's like, oh, that looks like it's out of bounds. And so I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to throw it on my phone real quick. I had cruise control on, 
it was literally just through Interstate 40, through Knoxville. I was like, F it. So I just threw it on real quick to watch the replay. And I'm sitting there like, how is that indisputable? Like, how is there no indisputable evidence that he stepped out of bounds? And throughout the game, I mean, there were questionable calls on pass interference. And, like, the shot blocks call, very unfortunate call for Duke. But every questionable call went Carolina's way. And I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm not trying to pull that crap. I'm just saying, North Carolina, you should have lost that game. Yeah. Like, and that's not me even just like, I still think North Carolina's a good football team. I think Duke's very good. It's just frustrating because that game should, and of course, I'm more frustrated because I was out on the whim, like that feeling, you know, that all Duke's going to win. They should have won. <laughs> so, I mean, congratulations, North Carolina. You beat Pitt. You're going to, you're going to Charlotte. Enjoy your ass whipping to Clemson. But, you know, and, and to be honest, man, <laughs> I'm regretting. Actually, I don't think I could have gone because I think when you know, North Carolina plays Wake, that game, unfortunately, is when we have our last ball game for ETSU. But I'm regretting selling my tickets for as cheap as I did. I sold them for like 50 bucks a pop. I probably could have gotten more now. But, you know, North Carolina and Wake, that's going to be a, a, a very good football game. I mean, not like anyone thought it was going to be a bad one, but it's only getting better by the minute because I think, too, like, Wake Forest is one of the few teams I think that, like, there's no quit factor no matter what happens. Like, they could be ruled out of the Atlantic Division, and they're still going to want to beat the living heck out of North Carolina. So, I mean, all I have to say is this Duke team, I mean, I'm not going to, like, maybe I'm wrong, Nick. I feel like this Duke team is one of those programs that's destined for, like, that first-year coach boost. So then the expectations get a little too high going into year two, and then they underperform in year two. That's kind of the vibes I'm getting, because I think this team is just, you know, A, running into a really bad ACC this year, <laughs> and a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, they're non-conference. Yes, like Kansas and Northwestern are, are formidable opponents to a point, but like they're power five opponents. But, I mean, Kansas is a very good football team when they're healthy. But, I mean, Northwestern, <laughs> they're not very good. So, you know, it's... It's one of those things where right now I just look at it and I go, like, well done, North Carolina. You got, the, you got like, that was a great game. That was a fantastic game. You know, kudos to Duke. Jumped out early. Then Carolina storms back and looks like it's over. Then Duke rallies again. Like, I had everything you wanted for the Nightcap game. I mean, that was, in my opinion, the best game of the day in the ACC. I don't think there's really a close second, to be honest. Every other game, though somewhat close, never had this back and forth like, oh, maybe this team's going to win. Maybe this team's going to win. Like Miami, Virginia Tech, it was 20 to nothing. Or 20 to nothing, right? Yeah, 20 to nothing, Miami. And Virginia Tech scored 14 unanswered. So you tried to sweat it a little bit down the, down the stretch. But it was never like, oh, this is in doubt. Same with Clemson and Florida State. My, after the first, like, first quarter, pretty much, Clemson kind of took control, and even when Florida State kind of scored there late, never felt like it was like, uh-oh, Clemson, you're screwed. And obviously on the state and Syracuse side, NC State doesn't know what the end zone looks like right now, so you know, we'll get to them in a minute. But this was the game, best game of the weekend, and you know, this was like Duke's a bowl team. 
And at the end of the day, that's huge for that program. And honestly, I think for the ACC. It stinks that Virginia and Virginia Tech are down. But I would make the argument that maybe maybe not so much as much for Virginia, but Virginia Tech's gonna they're 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 in a good they're in a good spot. Like I know they're not good right now. They're, in two years we won't be talking about a two and five Virginia Tech team. So you know, it's good to see that Duke is taking advantage of a down ACC and obviously still playing above what expectations were. I mean, we didn't know if Duke was going to win more than two games this year, three games this year. And here they are, four and, what, four and two, four and three. So kudos to Duke. But North Carolina fans, I know a lot of you have been liking my power rankings because I put you at number three or whatever, or number four, I think. Yeah, but you're number four because you're behind Wake, Syracuse, and you're in front of State. You know, I would be very appreciative that, again, I don't think the refs were doing a terrible job all game, but anytime there was a questionable call or I would deem a missed call or wrong decision, it always went in favor of the Tar Heels this weekend. So count your blessings and keep riding it because you're in the top 25 now. Like, you can have a heck of a year in North Carolina if you want to have it. So, good for you. What do you got, Nick? Uh, Carolina is the luckiest 6-1 and one team in the history of the world. I mean, they're just so lucky. They pull out these wins. I don't know how. From App State to Georgia State to this game to Miami, it's insane. Um, but... You know, it, it kind of, then you kind of look at it, they are who they are. Like, it's kind of like if if we had just won this game, or if we just, you know, did something else different, we're always so close. Then it kind of gets to the point where if you keep losing these close games, you are what you are. You know, you're a team that can't finish. Well, right now, with a little bit of luck, uh, North Carolina is a team that can finish right now. They finished it with Duke with, yes, a very questionable call that I think should have went Duke's way. But that's just kind of been the trend of them all season. They will probably go to the ACC championship. I mean, they still got to get past Pitt. I'm not knocking Pitt out at all. And still, Georgia Tech is only, Georgia Tech is there with one loss, too. So don't forget about them. Um, but still, they'll get ran through by Clemson. And um, they still – they might go undefeated in the Coastal, but they still got State and Wake. Now, I know the State game looks a lot different now, but still. Um, Carolina, they're, they're very lucky where they are at. They do deserve to be in the top 25. Like, you can't, you can't just keep a 6-1 team out. You just can't do it. So, they deserve it. They're in it. And as for Duke, like, that's a – game you should have won a game that you were in the entire time like it was back and forth and uh the refs just blew it for you they really did like that was your game to have that was your game to win um i will be curious to see where duke goes i really want them to go bowling um i hope this isn't like the end of duke i don't think it is i think they've got some winnable games left on the schedule with georgia tech and virginia tech and even miami um, but right now, North Carolina, they're in the driver's seat. Uh, they're back in the top 25 and 
they're lucky. They're lucky where they're at. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep it in the state of North Carolina, Nick. We have to address the elephant in the room. NC State's offense has not looked good with Devin Leary. But without him, it's much worse. Um, yeah. You know, and it's not even it's not even necessarily an insult to what NC State or even what Jack Chambers, right? Jack Chambers? Yeah. Right? Okay, Jack Chambers. Oh, my brain started to get someone I knew from high school. I was like, crap, I'm mixing up names. But anyways, Jack Chambers, you know, he he just can't throw the ball. And it kind of reminds me of what we saw from the quarterback on the other side and Garrett Schrader last season. Teams kind of knew when Tommy DeVito was out for Syracuse that they could just gear up on him and make him try to beat you with the pass. Syracuse is a very good defense. They're probably the most underrated defense in this conference. Look at the numbers that they've had this year. No one's really torched them all season. Purdue had a pretty good game against them. Purdue has a pretty good game against a lot of people. I mean, they just won a game 43-37 to against Nebraska this weekend. They put up points fairly regularly. Especially yardage, too. But, you know... I think this game played out exactly how I could have imagined with the Devin Leary news happening. NC State was competitive for a half, maybe even three quarters, you can make the argument. But it was never in doubt for Cuse. Cuse was the better team. I think Cuse was better with Devin Leary in the lineup. And that's why if I'm an NC State fan, I think y'all need to calm down a little bit about this season's over. Obviously, the New Year's Six is gone. That ship has sailed. I'm sorry. I mean, it would take a lot of... It would take a Well... Not to give you hope, Nick, I don't know if that ship's completely sailed. <laughs> you still can, now, again, now, do we think they're going to beat Wake or Carolina without Devin Leary? Mm, probably not. But if you beat both of those teams, Nick, 10-2 and two NC State might be the highest-ranked ACC team, not named Clemson. Yeah. Because Notre Dame was always, uh, you know, because they can get that ACC bid. Notre Dame ain't getting it. So, it's not it's not over. I mean, now at this rate, Syracuse has kind of entered the chat. But Syracuse still has Clemson. They still have um, they still have Wake. They still have um, Florida State. Florida State. So you know, there's a chance that they're <laughs> they're nine and three. I, I don't think that's the case. I think I think we might play on a ten and two Syracuse team now. But it it's not over yet. I mean, y'all are still ranked. That means if you went out, you're not falling. <laughs> so, but this team definitely, and, and, I, and I, I, what I wonder, Nick, and this is I think where our conversation should go, is did, did Dave Dorn know? Or do we think that he got a wrong diagnosis? Because we heard all week that, like, you know, he, he wasn't going to play against Hughes. Well, this was one of those, we hopefully can see him for Wake. We can hopefully see him in the lineup for Carolina at the end of the year. Like, you know, we should see Devin Leary on the field again this year in pads. And then all of a sudden, it's the day of, he's ruled out. Oh, our Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me, keeps getting 
just wonk here. Our call decides to drop, but we were talking NC State to Evan Leary, so to everyone listening, apologize for the weird choppiness that's about to occur, but when we're talking to NC State, we were talking about Dave Doran and not knowing about the status of Devin Leary, or did he know, and he just, not lied, but downplayed it to the media. I, I don't think he knew. I think I think there was a misdiagnosis here, and I think when it comes to that, like, I think that played in a, in a, into a role of, like, you know, when, when you hear that kind of news and you find out you're going to be without your team leader, not just for the big game that you're about to go into, but for the rest of the season, you either respond with this crazy rally cry and you play lights out, or the natural response, and the one that we saw, at least I think is what we saw, was just like a deflation. Because this team came out the gate slow. And they never picked it up. Like, it was just... They were sleepwalking, to be honest. Do they beat Syracuse if they're up? Mm, I don't know. But Syracuse did not play their best game. I think that could be the only frustration I could have as an NC State fan, is knowing that you could look at it and say that Syracuse didn't necessarily beat the pack this weekend. Outside factors within the pack program between Devin Leary being out and just the overall energy I think that the team brought to Syracuse, they'd beat them. So, I mean, Nick, do you think that do you think that the team just found out like yesterday or maybe even Friday night that Leary was out for the season? Because I, I feel like there, there, there was just way too much. Like, like that went from zero to a hundred, real quick on the status of Devin Leary. Right. Um. Okay. I I I don't know. I was honestly so shocked that we literally find out like before kickoff that Leary's out for the season. Uh, NC State put out an official whatever. Uh, before the game, saying a ding caused NC State's orthopedic team to determine that surgery to repair the torn pectoral muscle was the best course of action. There is no damage to his shoulder, and he is expected to make a full recovery. So, no one, I mean, unless I miss something, but all I did not hear anything. About, about the a torn pectoral muscle. Yeah. It was all about his shoulder. And Dave Doran came out and said on his Tuesday press conference, it's either a day-to-day thing or it could be like a six-week thing. You just don't know with this type of injury. It all mm-hmm. depends on how he heals. Yeah. No one knew about this. I didn't hear about it. Um, none of the state fans or state media heard about it. So it was an honest shock. Um, and it's so disappointing. I hope he makes a full recovery. Um, Micah, what was more, what was the most frustrating thing about this game? And yes, there were a couple of missed calls. There was the obvious Garrett Schrader holding um, that had Sean Tucker run forever. And then basically, be, if, I, I will say, Nick, if they ever call holding on a quarterback, though, then we're screwed in college. Well, I'm not saying that, that, that if it's a plain hole, which it was, they need to call it. But let's be real. The quarterback, unless the quarterback 
targets, pulls the face mask, and tackles the guy he's blocking, they ain't calling anything on the quarterback. <laughs> the other... So, actually, though, they did call a penalty on Navy's quarterback. This is an option offense this weekend for a chop block. So, I mean, I will put that out there. I did. I was watching the Navy game, and Navy's quarterback pitched the ball and then got him and the offensive line, which, of course, has to be a two-person penalty, were called for a chop block. <laughs> so, maybe the time of calling penalties on quarterbacks for blocking are coming. Yeah, I hope so. And then there was the basically what iced the game, what was like the dagger to the heart for NC State was I believe it was like 39-19 or 30-something, and uh, Syracuse goes out to pass. And it wasn't even that Garrett Schrayer looked like he crossed the line because his whole body didn't go over the line, which is, yes, that's fair. But you cannot block on a passing play. Yeah, yeah there was a clear block or whatever right in front of Garrett Schrader that you cannot do. Um, So that kind of screwed us over. But most of all, what really screwed us, Micah, was just the lack of tempo. We were going so slow. Our coaching staff was – Tim Beck was so scared. So scared. And, like, I didn't – personally, I didn't think Jack played a bad game. I thought yeah. Jack did a pretty good job. He made some great throws. He got onto the red zone a couple times. This game's not on not on Jack at all. No, we, not. we were going extremely slow. And I'm yelling at the TV, can we pick up the pace a little bit? Like, we're never going to get Syracuse on their toes or backs against the wall if we take forever to get up to the line. Like, that happened the entire second half. We just had no sense of urgency at all. Like, what are we doing? We're just letting the clock lead. And what led up to our, I think, third field goal of the game, we're waiting forever and forever and forever. We're not getting the playoff. And then Dave Doran calls a timeout. What are we doing? Why are we wasting our timeouts like that and letting the clock bleed? That, I think, is what made us lose the game. Um, The fact that we were scared, which we had zero turnovers in this game, and the fact that we were scared to give the ball up to a guy who has already thrown two interceptions is just unbelievable to me. I don't know why we played so scared. Because if we, I knew if we were going to play scared, if we were going to be conservative at the Dome, we're going to lose this game. And it's not going to be pretty. And it really wasn't pretty at all. Um, I don't want to say the season's over. I put out a tweet. If you guys follow me on fifth quarter NC State, I put out a tweet that basically listed our entire bad luck uh, throughout the last two years. And I must say, it is probably my most viral tweet on this account. But earlier today, I put out a tweet saying, I'm over it. I'm done. We got to look at the positives now. We have to move forward. We're in the bye week. We get out of the bye week with an easy Virginia Tech team at home on a Thursday night where we can put this train back on track. Um, I would say our over-under on wins right now for the rest of the season is three and a half. 
I would like to take the over because I'm still, while I grow wor- more worry and worrisome about UNC, I still know that they're probably the luckiest six and one team in the world. Um, if this coaching staff is different, if this team is different, and if this coaching staff wants to win back the trust of NC State right now, they need to figure out how to coach not scared. They need to deal with this adversity. They have a, over a week to do it with an easy team. If State comes out against Virginia Tech in two weeks and they just blow them out of the water, then I can feel very comfortable going into the rest of the season knowing that, you know, we might lose to Wake Forest. They're healthy all the way around the ball, like at both sides of the ball. They are the most sound team besides Clemson in the ACC. Uh, I can accept that loss. I can't. And that's going to suck because I really thought that we could beat Wake at home. And it's not going to look like it's going to happen. But if we can finish off the rest of the season with four wins, that's going to be huge. I will be very happy with our quarterback out. Um, but just disappointing. Like, this was the worst coached game um, that I can remember in a while, probably since the 2019 season. Um, we just coached so scared. And if when we do that, we lose. Tim Beck was not on his A game at all. He really actually made me mad. We were going very slow. And credit to Syracuse, like, they just kept going. Um, our defense did everything they could, but, you know, they can only do so much with – how the offense played. And I'm sure it's a lot different if Devin is playing. Maybe we don't coach as scared, obviously, with Devin there, but I don't know. I'm just I'm 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 honestly very disappointed. I feel like we could have won this game if our coaching staff wasn't scared. Um now now I I don't want to throw this out, but Micah, you could give me the rest of your takes on this game in a minute with State and Syracuse, but I want to ask you, Devin's out for the year. He's a redshirt junior. Do you think there's a chance that he's just like, screw it, I'm going to come back one more year? I don't know why he wouldn't. You think there's a good chance that he will? Here's my thing, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible to Devin Leary. You did not have a good year, man. Yeah. Your draft, like, there's a big difference. Like, for example, I feel so bad for Brennan Armstrong. He should have transferred. He should have just gone to the NFL. Because his stock is never going to be higher than it was last season. Devin Leary's stock probably has the potential to be as high as it was last season. But it's definitely not as high right now. Right. And... The only thing I could under I could I could hear is again if, if it is truly just the pectoral, that is thankfully from what I understand, I'm not a doctor, but I have heard that is one of the especially on the baseball side that I think this would correlate a little bit better for a quarterback. The pectoral muscle is one of the easier ones to rehabilitate and get back up to speed. Because it is it is an important part of obviously your throwing mechanics, but like you said, it's not your shoulder. So if it is truly the, the, the reasoning that he has done is the peck and the shoulder, like obviously he needs the shoulder to heal, but it was one of those, like, you know, like Dave Doran said in his press conference on Tuesday, day-to-day or six weeks, 
aka by the time the surgery rehab occurs for his pec, his shoulder should be a-okay, then I think he would want to prove that he's healthy as well. And that, like, like I mean, NC State fans, maybe I'm wrong, Nick, y'all aren't losing a lot at the end of the season, right? Like, your team's not Wake Forest built on 50-year seniors. Oh, no, we're going to lose a lot. Are you? That whole defense is going to be gone. Okay, we're but I mean, off, I, mean, I mean offensively, though. Offensively, we're going to lose Devin Carter. We're going to lose Thayer. Our own line should be back, and our running backs should be back. Yeah, I, like, I forgot that season, I forgot that would, Carter would be gone. I knew Thayer was gone, but going into yeah. the season, like you would think Devin was going to be gone, but now there's a possibility that he's not going to be gone. So See, I don't. I'm not the best person to talk to about NFL hype or who's going to get picked when, but I would argue Will Levis's stock, Hen Hooker's stock is up, like. There's not a ton of, in my opinion, it's Bryce Young, Stroud. Was Bryce Young Bryce a freshman Young last year, though? Stroud. Was Bryce uh, Young a freshman last year? Because he's not eligible this year. Who's that? Bryce Young. Was he a freshman last year? I can't remember. No, I think he was a sophomore last year. Okay. Then, yeah, he's but, probably gone. Stroud's probably gone. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers can't leave. What do you think about him? I think Devin Larry has just as good of a shot as Will, Rod- Will, Will Rogers because teams get punished, quarterbacks get punished for playing for, for Mike Leach. Just because yeah. that offense is precedent. Like, kind of like the argument about Brendan Armstrong a lot of people made going into the season when, when the Nile left. It was like, well, last year his numbers were so godly because he had to throw the ball every single play. You know, if you throw the ball 60 times in a game, what do you think is going to happen? That's the same thing with, like, Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. Like, he's a pretty talented college quarterback, but his numbers are kind of unworldly right now because he throws the ball 55 times a game at Purdue. So, what about, like, Garrett uh, Schrader has got his draft stock's gone up a little bit, but you know, I don't think he's an actual draft quarterback. Um, what about so, You see him going? Oh, I think if uh, if it starts to kind of become like, you know, like I said, that Levis's stats are down, or stats, uh, stock is down, Leary's stock is going to be down. Like, I, th- I think he goes. I do think he goes. Just because, based on what we're talking about, like, he's never going to be above. Like, I mean, next year's quarterback class, that's probably the killer for Devin Leary. Just looking at it right now, I feel like next year's class is way better than this year's class. I mean, heck, Quinn. Headliner, um, you know, there's uh, who are we talking about now? And uh, I mean, I guess well, Caleb Williams is next year as well um, at USC. So that's two guys that I would argue are better than Stroud and Young in terms of my thought process for the NFL. I could be again, I don't understand the translation because, like, I mean, for God's sakes, Carson went back in the NFL right now. Yeah, right. Like, you know, there are like, like, how is Jameis Winston still an NFL quarterback? <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. But I mean, I, I, if I'm Devin, I, I, I see, I get him. Don't know him at all. I think that he's the type of guy that would want to come back and compete. But he might be better off getting that fifth round, sixth round pick based off what he currently is now. But again, his draft stock is going to be out because his numbers 
so far this year have not been special. And he has no chance to redeem himself. So, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know if it's a guarantee he gets drafted, man. And if he is, he's probably that, you know, because every team likes to throw, if they don't need a quarterback or they're not super high on the quarterbacks, kind of like in fantasy football, right? You wait till round five or six to get them. <laughs> so, is that worth it for him? When, the chance, when there is a chance that his stock goes up if he plays well next year? I don't know. But I think NC State fans should focus on what Chambers is. Yeah. Like, so, I wanted to, to, to harp on what you were saying. So, yeah, I, I, Cover 3 podcast is probably my favorite podcast, the CBS Force podcast. Bud Elliott, he's a 24-7. He's actually a Florida State guy. I think he's an alum. He's a writer for Knowles, or at least he was. Now he's more of a national recruiter coverage for 24-7 sports and CBS sports. But he said when they were doing their locks pod this week, like picking against spreads and games they're confident in, his biggest fear on that Syracuse-NC State game was Tim Beck. He's not a believer in Tim Beck. He thinks Tim Beck is the type of guy that clams up, will close his playbook, doesn't let his guy go out and play. You know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I was tipping my hat to, I don't know if the OC is actually, if Mike Norvell calls the plays or not, but I was tipping my hat to Mike Norvell and his staff at Florida State for when they were against Louisville. And when Travis went out, they still said, you know what? <laughs> we're not changing our playbook. We're not changing our game plan. Let's go out and win the damn thing. If we don't win... Because our, our, it's not the same without Jordan Travis, so be it. But at least we, we, we didn't go off script and throw everything for a wrench. And I agree with you. I think that, I mean, NC State should have known the game plan going in because they knew they were without Leary for the game anyways, more than likely. I mean, it was probably, what, a 10% chance that we thought Leary might actually play? Maybe less than that. But, you know, they, like, I agree with you. And, like, again, I'm going to tip my hat to Syracuse. Their defense in the red zone, you know, I don't want to say puckered up because that's just a weird term, but, you know, they, they tightened up. They, they made NC State settle for field goals. But a part of that is the play calling. The conservatives, like when they got into the red zone, they were so scur- scur- <laughs> scared <laughs> to not put up points, like in terms of like, to have nothing on the board because they turned the ball over. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Dunn's a good kicker. But why do you want to be in that spot? It's just strange all around why we're there. But, I mean, yeah, it was, again, I don't want to take too much away from Syracuse because, like, they were dominant in the game. They played well. They deserved this win. But it's still frustrating, I'm sure, if you're a, if you're a NC State fan, knowing that, I don't know if, I, I, think, I think what we can settle on is they didn't put their best foot forward in this game with, what, with the cards they were dealt. And that's probably the most frustrating thing because it's just the, what could have been. I don't think it changes the, the who gets the win and the loss, but I think it does change a little bit of everything else in terms of how that game goes and how we feel about NC State without Devin Leary. Yeah, and you know, this is, I think right now, this is going to be the make or break for not Dave Doran, but Tim Beck. I trust Dave. I think Dave is all in on this program. I don't see him ever leaving NC State um, for another program. Breaking this news. Is, uh, Dave Doran's leaving for Colorado, end quote. Better facility. Oh, my God. If he left for, if he left for a program <laughs> like that, I'd be so mad. Nebraska uh, hires Dave Doran. This just in. 
realized he likes Adidas schools that wear red, so decided he wanted to take his talents to Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be make or break, I think, for Tim Beck. We have a bye week to get it right against the worst team probably in the conference right now, one of the worst teams at home. And we are on a 14-game winning streak at home. And if we lose to Virginia Tech after a bye week, and it's because of the offense, because I do not think it will be against the defense. I think Chambers is better than Grant Wells. <laughs> so <they're> not... <laughs> I think so, too. So but they, they need to figure out something. You know, it's going to be a long bye week of trying to save this season, trying to at least get 10 wins. I think 10 wins is possible, even if we do lose to, let's see, we're 5-2 and two right now. So, obviously, we need to win four out of the five games plus a bowl game. That's what we need. Um, that's going to be very difficult. So, if we can do that, that will be huge. Right now, NC State fans, obviously, our expectations were ACC championship. Well, that went out the door um, when we lost to Clemson. Then it went down to, okay, New Year's Six Bowl, finish second. Um, we can have a great season, go 10-2 and two and 11-1. Well, now that Devin's out and we just lost to Syracuse, now it's strive for 10 wins. Don't be upset if it's nine, but if it's anything lower than eight, it's like, okay, what what do we do? What do we do? Um, So this is the first time they've had to deal with adversity since Devin got hurt last year or in 2020 when he broke his ankle. And they did a great job with – Bailey Hockman coming in. Bailey Hockman won four out of the last five games uh, for us in 2020. Um, and then we lost the bowl game, but unfortunately that was on Christopher Dunn. Um, but we need to figure out a game plan throughout the rest of the season. The bye week couldn't have come in a better spot. So I'm hopeful. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to keep on keeping on with this team. Um, We'll have Devin Carter back. We'll have Sumo back. Uh, hopefully, whoever went out on defense will be fine. We're going to be all the way healthy without Devin. And hopefully, Tim Beck has something going on. Because if he doesn't, we're in for a long rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, like if you're an NC State fan, let's do the, you know, the, the macro look now of what's happening. You're 5-2, and two, headed to your bye week. You've played the last game and a half against top 30 teams without your starting quarterback. You've been competitive. Like, yes, the score is not great, but that game was a lot closer than the score said, you know, yesterday against Takis, who's now a top 15 team and 6-0 and right now. Like, considering everything that's going on around them and even within their program, you're one game behind what the ideal scenario I would have said going into this, going into the year. I mean, I know some NC State fans thought this is the year they were going to catch Clemson. Unrealistic expectation to be seven and zero when you have games at Clemson, Florida State, and obviously with Syracuse being what they are. Like you're, you're not, you're in a very good spot. Like when you consider everything that's going. I know you say you've been unlucky, Nick. If you were unlucky, you'd be Virginia right now. You would, have, you would have faltered and lost to Florida State without Leary. 
you would be four and three right now wondering what's going on. I mean, I understand you're still wondering what's going on, but you're five and two. Like, you're, you're going to be bowl eligible before the end of the month. And I know that's not the NC State standard, but again, they've been dealing with injuries all year. This time, it's at the key, key position of quarterback. I mean, the defense has stayed healthy, which has been great for the most part. <laughs> but they've been battling. Receivers going down, right? We've had offensive linemen a little banged up. Like, I think everything on the NC State side is... is it, 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 the sky is not following NC State fans. I would trade in a heartbeat with you as a Virginia fan to even be remotely close to where you are right now. So... With that being said, let's talk. I really don't have much to say on this game because I'm disappointed that Clemson did not continue to pump Florida State after they got the lead that they did. But that happens sometimes. I wish it would have been better. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. I'm getting frustrated that that's how it went. That I wish they would have, because it felt like it was back and forth early, and then Clemson just just took it to them. Clemson showed that they're the best team in the conference, a playoff caliber team, and then it all went south. Um, you know, they let Florida State kind of claw back into it. I, I took it, I took their foot off the gas. I could be wrong, but that's how I felt about it. So, I mean, I hope Florida State doesn't quit. I don't think they should. They just played, like, their program is not back. They have taken a huge step forward. They've just ran into arguably the toughest slate they could have ran into. I mean, the only loss, if I'm a Florida State fan, that I look back on a little bit frustrated about is Wake Forest. Just because, like, you feel like you should be a better program than Wake just purely based off your brand. And you were at home. And, like, again, I think Wake Forest is a very good football team. But you felt like they, they should have caught one. Going to NC State, there's, again, you can look at it and be frustrated they didn't get the job done when Devin Leary left the game. And they kind of blew that game away, like choked it away. But all things considered, like, the game kind of went as expected. I mean, Clemson covered the three and a half, which backdoor cover almost, you know, caught them there. But, I mean, my only, I guess, thing about Clemson right now is I'm just pissed they're outside the top four again. Because I think that, like, yes, Michigan just took Penn State to the woodshed. But there's an argument that Penn State really hasn't played anybody yet this year either. And their best win's at Purdue. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Clemson wins out. They're in that spot. I think Clemson should be higher than Tennessee. I, I, I think that everyone's putting too much stock in the Bama, man. That Bama team has looked vulnerable week after week after week, but everyone wants to be like, oh, they're Bama, though. And, like, to be honest, Tennessee was a top-five team. I think they should have pummeled Bama yesterday. They should have never let Bama back in that game. Maybe I'm crazy for saying that, but, I mean... If you were on Twitter, Nick, during, I'm sure you were more involved with the NC State game at that time. But if you were on Twitter, I was watching the game at Middle Tennessee State in their beer garden. Like, 
Everyone thought Alabama was about to just be run out of or run off the field. It was twenty-eight to ten, and they couldn't finish it. But again, that's just at the end of the day. It's best to not get frustrated because if Clemson wins, they're in. Plain and simple. So that's all I've got in this game. Anything you have? Um. Yeah, mainly on just Florida State. Yeah, I agree with you. They're not back, back, but they are alive. They are uh, in the conversation. They are not what they used to be like with Willie Tagger in the beginning of Mike Norvell. Um, they showed a lot of fight. They came back in the game. Uh, I think they're going to be even better next year. They took a big step. Um they are better than what their record shows, I believe, because you look at their three losses. They try to come back against Wake. They failed to do that. They let that NC State game slip away. Uh, like, that was – to me, Micah, I think that's the one that you look back on, where you have the lead 17-3 to and State's quarterback is out, um, and you let them crawl back in. And then with Clemson, you almost make a great comeback, but uh, you fall short. So there will be improvement with this Florida State team. And they're lucky that they're, – well, not lucky, but they're fortunate that the rest of their schedule lightens up. Um, I think that they can beat Florida at the end of the year. Uh, luckily, that's a home game. They'll obviously beat, I think, Louisiana. So there you go. There's six games. They get Georgia Tech um, at home. Uh, which don't sleep on Georgia Tech because they have a little something-something going. I think they could beat Miami. Like, they they could potentially still end up with uh, seven wins. Georgia Tech – my actually, eight wins. I'm sorry. Georgia Tech, Miami, Louisiana, and Florida. I don't think they're going to beat Syracuse at the Dome. I think that's going to be very hard. I think uh, it's winnable, man. <laughs> like, I, I – no disrespect to NC State, but we just talked about it. I don't think NC State played bad. I think a healthy Jordan Travis would have beaten that Syracuse team yesterday. Like if Florida State played yesterday's Syracuse team, I think they may have won. Because NC State had a chance to win. That's a good point. <laughs> like we, we talked about, we, NC State. Odds, where would you put the odds that Florida State could potentially win out the rest of their schedule? No, so I will say, I will say, I think, I think eight wins is right, just because, like, I, I think that if we're going to give them Syracuse, we have to give them a loss to like Florida, or a loss to um, Miami, even. And I don't think they're going to run the table, right. but I'm just saying it is very possible. Like, there is a world where I see, like, I, I think there's a better world that Florida State goes five and zero than misses a bowl game. A lot better oh, chance. For sure, I agree with you. So, you know, again, like, and if I'm a Florida State fan, I know you don't want to be like, oh, we're <laughs> we're going bowling, like you know, like obviously saw the shirts, Nick, but bowl season gives you this bowl bound shirt when you get it, and it's all cool. Like if you're a Florida State fan, you don't probably want to buy one because you're not proud that that's where your program's at, but you have to accept that's where you are, and that's a step forward. Exactly. <laughs> so, to the end of the day, like. Like and again, I think what I what I like my positive takeaway too. Florida State didn't quit on that game, Nick. Past teams do. Right. Past Florida State teams, when Clemson gets up three scores or two and a half scores, whatever it was, they quit. They didn't quit, 
and they made us and they made me actually turn tune into the last couple minutes of the game because I'm like, I doubt Clemson's gonna blow this, but it's a six point game now, <laughs> so you can't just chalk it up as over. So I think that's a huge kudos to to Florida State, but. Anything else you want to add on this, Nick? Um, I do want to have a quick conversation. I tweeted it out earlier today. Obviously, there were stats going into this week. Not everyone played on that list, so some of those stats are still accurate. But obviously, Devin Leary probably wasn't winning AC Player of the Year anyways, just purely because of, well, the fact he wasn't having a very good year. But now it's, he's definitely out. Like, he's out. Because of the injury. Who is your ACC player of the year at this moment in time? Seven weeks into ACC football. Eight weeks if we want to count week zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else to add on this game? Um, Clemson looked good. DJ had a sneaky quiet game because he didn't attempt a lot. But he had three touchdowns. Um, I noticed, yeah, I, I think everyone's noticed that Clemson dropped down one. But I think that's mainly because what Michigan did and what Tennessee did. So, look, if I'm Clemson, I'm not worried that I'm going to miss the playoff if I'm undefeated and win the ACC. Like, no. They still have the best wins, I think. And the Pac-12's out as long as Clemson wins. The Pac-12's out now with USC losing. Yes, the Pac-12. More than likely, yes, the Pac-12 is out. No, but I'm saying, like, like, if it came down to undefeated Clemson, like, obviously, if Clemson loses, then the – it all comes back into to fruition. Well, but, Pac-12 still has an undefeated team. Ah, uh, we're really... I forgot. You're going to defend UCLA, Mr. California boy here. I would be... I, hey, I'm the last person to defend UCLA. I guess that's fair. I, I did kind of forget. I keep forgetting that UCLA exists. Um, so, you're right. The Pac-12 is very interesting with how bunched up they are and how yeah. they've kind of gotten off the mat. You know, as like they they only have like one or two teams in the top twenty five. They've got four teams in the top fifteen. So yeah. <laughs> it's True. very it's very cool. And like Oregon has Oregon is quietly quietly back in the top ten. Yeah, and I don't know if I see UCLA winning in Eugene this weekend. That's, and that's probably why. That's probably why my brain has immediately ruled them out. Where again, like I think Oregon might be the best team in the Pac twelve. But the the problem is they got shellacked by Georgia. So like if they would play Georgia close and Georgia won out, I wouldn't rule out one loss Pac-12 over Clemson. Right. But again, and also too, like we have to understand this is the first time in years that the ACC is getting some credit, which kind of feels weird because of how bad the Coastal's been. But think about it, we have five teams in the top 25 right now. Clemson has wins over like all year. We have consistently had five teams. Whether yeah. Miami was in, or Pitt was in, or UNC, or Florida State, or even yeah. Syracuse, we have consistently had five teams in all year. Yeah, and Clemson's beaten three of them all well healthy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they they get to go to the dome this weekend to beat an undefeated Syracuse team. Like they're probably getting Syracuse at their best, <laughs> like in terms of like their peak ranking. Like here's the thing: like this Tennessee logic. Like all I have to say is that the Tennessee logic. It's going to be applied for Tennessee with these wins over top 25 teams, then it better fucking apply to Clemson. That's all I have to say. Because if we're going to say that Tennessee is a good football team because they beat a ranked Pitt team and they beat a ranked, what was it, 
LSU team, and they beat a ranked. There's one other ranked team they beat who's not ranked anymore. No, 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 that's not ranked anymore. Um, oh, let me see. I got their schedule right here. Florida. Florida. Like, if they're going to get credit for those wins against ranked teams with air quotes, then you better give Clemson credit for beating ranked NC State with a healthy quarterback because, you know, obviously they're going to just take a step back without Devin Leary. A undefeated ranked top 15 Syracuse team. <laughs> a ranked, well, Florida State should have been ranked, but they're not ranked, besides the point. Um, you know, ranked top 15 Wake Forest team. You know, so if you're going to give that same credit and logic to Tennessee, you better give it to Clemson. That's all I have to say. Because I would argue that Clemson has still played a tougher slate than Tennessee has. I would argue that the Wake Forest win. Hot take. Nick K. Raver, hot take. We can tweet this out if you want. I oh, think God. Clemson's win at I, I think Clemson's it. win at Wake was a better win than Tennessee beating Bama at home. Oh God. Am I wrong though? Oh God. Am am I wrong? Oh, oh God, Micah. <laughs> I mean look if Old takes exposed. You heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, look, listen, you're never going to convince any SEC homer that. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be able to to convince anybody that hates Clemson or Wake. (laughs) Like, do you think, do you think neutral field Wake Forest can beat Tennessee? Yes. I think so, too. I think absolutely they could. They're the exact same team. They really don't play defense. And I would argue that, that one team is more disciplined than the other. I and like, and, 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 a, and a hot take, the receivers are better at... That's uh, the thing, like, are we sure that the, the receivers at Tennessee are better? Are we, are we, are we for sure that Hendon Hooker is better than Sam Hartman? No. <laughs> I mean, we, we, already, we know that. I mean, I don't... I mean, I don't... Ten, already, Wake's advantages are head coach... Wide receivers. We already know that. Ooh, I don't. Tennessee's got some good receivers, though. Micah, we okay. Wake, yes or no? Wake has the best wide receivers in the conference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that that was a question mark. Yeah. Yes, uh, Micah, they do. Uh, yeah. Who who has better wide receivers? I'm high on Carolina's receivers. I know it's terrible, but I like their receivers. I, yeah, I think Carol, I think Wake's better, but I don't think it's like astronomical. But yes, but I will say that Wake's got a better defense in Tennessee, in my opinion. Okay, so does Wake beat Bama? Neutral. Oh. <laughs> um. Um. You know what? I think it's possible. I oh man, I don't know how they're gonna handle here's, what's here's, I don't know how they're gonna here's, handle here's my what's here's my like. thing. Here, here's my thing with, with the Tennessee thing, right? Tennessee won by three points. The atmosphere in Knoxville contributed at least a touchdown worth, in my opinion. Like that like Tennessee fans that want to come after me, I'm saying that you won the game this weekend, not the team on the field per se. You were the extra push. You run that back and you go play in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. I'm taking Alabama. 
Yeah. Like, what will make me mad is people will go, well, Wake got to host Clemson and they lost. I think Clemson's better than Bama this year. Maybe that's a terrible take, but I think they are. Because I don't think Alabama has a defense right now. <laughs> and I would argue that DJ Uyunglele is a good enough quarterback. DJ is the perfect quarterback for what Clemson has in terms of, like, it's like, it's like if Iowa had an offense. Like, if Iowa could just score 24 points a game, they'd be undefeated in the playoffs. <laughs> but they can't score more than a touchdown. Like, they just need a half-decent quarterback to control the football. Doesn't make bad mistakes, which DJ Uyunglele is doing or not doing this year in terms of turning the ball over. But, like, no disrespect to Wake Forest fans. When they hosted Clemson, it was 50-50. Eh, 60-40 in favor of Wake. But there's still a lot of orange in that building. All right. I mean, yes, I know there's a lot of Alabama fans, but yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm, I'm starting to question my take, Nick. Darn it. Anyways. Oh, I'll clip it. I don't care. This is why I'm asking these questions. And last question, (laughs) neutral field, who wins, Wake or Georgia? Georgia. Okay. I think matchup-wise, that's just not ideal for them. And that's the thing. That, that's my only my only fear with Wake was they – I think that Clemson has a better pass rush than Alabama because of the amount of dudes Clemson has. But I don't know if Clemson has a Will Anderson. No one has a Will Anderson at Alabama. So I, I, I would always worry about – and that's what I worry about with Georgia is they're just such a physical football team – that, like, no disrespect to Wake, because they, they do a good job of, of being hard-nosed. But let's be real, they, keep, they get pushed around by a lot of teams in the conference. Yeah. Like, and, and, and again, I, I love to crap on the SEC, but the SEC and the Big Ten just has more dudes when it comes to physicality than the ACC has. It's just, it's, it's a fact. Like, so, again... But, like, the fact that we're even able to have this conversation seriously, Nick, I think should tell you everything you need to know if you're a Wake Forest fan. <laughs> like, the fact that we can go, you might be able to beat the number one team in the country on a neutral field. Huh. <laughs> All right, I got, so. I got one more interesting one that I completely forgot because I knew there was a team I was forgetting. Oh, boy. All right, ready? I'm, I'm have to be. All right. Who wins on a neutral field, Wake or Ole Miss? <laughs> Wake. <laughs> Wake. Are you kidding me? Wake. Right. Sam Hartman's better than John Rice Pumley. John Rice. The defense, the defense of Ole Miss. The, or, yeah, you're right. Who am I talking? Who am I thinking of? Uh, Jackson no. Dart. Jackson Dart. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Regardless. They're the same. Honestly, I think Plumlee's probably better than Dark. But anyways, hot take. Um, you know, you're right. I don't know why I said Plumlee, but yes. Some frat boy-looking quarterback. My apologies to Ole Miss. Um, I mixed up your frat boy quarterbacks. Because <laughs> I didn't say Chad Kelly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I would take Wake. Neutral site. I think Ole Miss is a pretty good football team. It's actually kind of pissing me off. Because, again, I'm... I, I, I hate SEC bias, but if you're going to use it, you have to have it be logically used for everybody. And the fact that Ole Miss is still not – like, the fact that Ole Miss is behind Alabama pisses me off so much. Because Ole Miss has taken care of business consistently every single week. And Alabama has struggled mightily in multiple games this season and just lost. 
but you're trying to tell me that Alabama is better than Ole Miss. Like, I don't understand it. I just, I, that, that, that does frustrate me. Like, Ole Miss and TCU, I had ranked higher than Alabama in my poll. Hey, for fifth quarter. Especially in this year, when are you going to just factor in the fact that they're winning football games? Like, TCU just beat a top 10 team in double overtime. They rallied to beat Oklahoma State. And they're getting no love from anybody because everyone's like, oh, Tennessee beat Bama. And on, that's a great story. <laughs> Especially considering how long it's been. Shout out to Hen and Hooker for being a huge part of both my and my girlfriend's favorite moment in the rivalries. With Hen Hooker, of course, losing to Virginia as quarterback of Virginia Tech. And then, of course, now Tennessee beating Alabama with him being quarterback for Tennessee. But, yeah. We can do hypotheticals all day. But... Yeah, I, I think that, again, when we talk about it, like, I think Wake Forest, like, I'm kind of glad that Wake Forest is getting some respect, because, like, if, if Wake Forest was being disrespected, they would be, like, top, like, 17 right now. What are they, what are they, 15, I think, is what they are, correct? Yeah, they're 15, they moved up one spot, cause they were 16 last week, I think. Am I mixing that up, or am I right? They, Wake is 13 right now. They're ahead of Syracuse? Wake? Huh. Yeah, because yeah. Syracuse is 14. Huh. Okay. Yeah, Wake well, moved up one. Yeah, I have Syracuse above Wake in my poll, too, just again. Winning games shouldn't matter. No disrespect to Wake, because your loss is not a bad loss. But if we're using the not a bad loss analogy, South Alabama should be ranked, because they have a one-point loss to UCLA, and that's it. So, fun fact for anybody that cares about college football, South Alabama is 6-1 and one right now. <laughs> and they will be playing... Arguably the best game on Thursday night, a.k.a. UVA-Georgia Tech is not as good as Troy and South Alabama on, on Thursday night. <laughs> so I hate to say it, but I might have a main screen on that game and just my secondary screen being my torture that is Virginia football. But anyways, back to what I p- pitched, unless you have anything more on this Clemson game or, and kind of the idea of the playoff. Player of the year in the ACC, who is your front runner after week seven? Because we are now here where the preseason guy is done. Unfortunately, like physically done. <laughs> so, who, who would you who would you rock with? Because I remember I said DJ Uyungo away, and I'm still sticking with him. But who do you rock with, Nick? I think whoever wins between Wake and Carolina, that quarterback will win ACC. Playoff. Oh, that Drake May should not win it over DJ Uyungo away. Sam Hartman, I could hear out because I would argue that he outdueled him. He's leading in yards by a lot. Yeah, it would be really nice if my quarterback got a chance to throw the ball 60 times because he's on the field a minute after he got off the field because his defense allowed a 75 yard touchdown pass the next play. <laughs> Must be nice. No, I'm just kidding. But no, that's fair. I mean, but, I, uh, I like, and okay. like, I, I, but see, I really my thing is, he wins freshman of the year, though. But he's going to win freshman of the year. Do you think they're going to give the freshman of the year and player of the year to the same guy? That's another thing to kind of consider. I mean, that didn't stop Johnny Manziel from winning the Heisman as a Okay, no, no disrespect to you, Nick, but you're really going to try to compare that, what Johnny Manziel did to what Drake May's doing right now? You see, Carolina fans... Drake May was outdoored by Chase Bryce. I could be unbiased, <laughs> Carolina fans. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like it's close between those three. I 
I kind of want to get I, – I'll give the edge to Drake May right now, but who I think is going to end up winning it all, I, I truly believe Sam Hartman is. You think there's a chance? Because I've heard this take. If Pitt wins the Coastal, could it be Izzy Abanacanda? You see, I was thinking running backs too. I think Izzy has really played himself into the conversation by far. And uh, depending on how he finishes the season – He's got a legit shot of winning it. Um, it's just the problem is right now it's a quarterback league all mm-hmm. over college football. It's, 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 the, it's the era of the quarterback. And yeah. while Izzy to the hizzy is putting up numbers, and I think right – by the way, that poll, Micah, I was actually kind of shocked. Did, did you see the poll I put up? I meant to bring this up last podcast. Um, I put out a poll asking everybody, who is the best running back right now in the ACC? It was a lot closer than I thought, but everyone went with um, a band of Canada. Uh, 46%, Sean Tucker, 29%, Will Shipley, 25%. Um, so I think Izzy can keep – if Izzy can, you know, average, you know, two touchdowns a game over 100 – around 150 yards for the rest of the season, then, yeah, he's got a really good shot. But right now, I think it go for me, it'll go Drake May, Sam Hartman, Izzy, DJ. I like it. But I think – I think Sam is going to end up winning it. All right. I like it. All right. Well, Nick, that's all I've got. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about two games. I think we probably eclipsed close to an hour and a half. Um, you know, anything you want to add before we wrap this up? Next week for the ACC, I'm assuming we're going to probably have to look to record uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, for those listening, it'll probably end up being Wednesday, but. There is that argument that with their gaming on Thursday for UVA and Georgia Tech, we do need to talk that. Which, by the way, I guess a new segment, early lines around the ACC. Georgia Tech is a three-and-a-half point favorite against Virginia. Wake is a 20-and-a-half point favorite against Boston College. Clemson is a 13-point favorite against Syracuse. Miami, a nine-point favorite at home against Duke. I'm hammering Duke right now. Um, and Pitt, Louisville is a pick uh, so, wow. two games in a row that, uh, honestly, all these spreads are a little bit shocking. Mine is probably waking Boston College. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's your early look ahead. But um, anything you want to talk about, Nick, before we hop off here for the day? Uh, if you're a State fan listening, just stay positive. I think we've all been very negative this week. Um, I think a lot went wrong. But the bye week is here. Let's rest up. Let's get back to it. Let's have a game plan for Virginia Tech, and let's show that uh, we can remain in the top 25 and play for something. Um, Let's finish off the year strong. Um, Other than that, Micah, no, I think it was a good week other than my team's losing, Um, but it was a fun week for sure. I don't know if you saw, Virginia did lose 44-7 to um, to the bye week, according to uh, Barstool Jake, he is a Barstool employee that's a UVA guy. He's kind of like UVA's Barstool person. Um, yeah, he uh, he tweeted, 
an unfortunate graphic that was a 44 to 7 win for the bye week. So congratulations, bye week, on the huge win over Virginia. Um, it's a tough week for me there. But other than that, no, I mean, that's all I've got. Um, it was a great week of the ACC. Like, for what the slate was, it didn't disappoint. And that's probably the most promising part is that we saw a game, games, plural, that were all good football games. Um, none of them were bad. Um, there weren't, they, maybe they weren't like, you know, the four greatest games in college football history, but we had four very good football games and on the AC slate. Very often that we have all good games. So I'm appreciative for that. But that's all I have, Nick. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, please like, retweet if you're so inclined, but liking it is just enough. That helps us out a ton on Twitter. And then, obviously, the same thing. If you can like the podcast, that would be great. And if you feel inclined to subscribe, we would appreciate that. But as always, guys, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country. And as the good people in ACC country always say, go ACC.